You didn't know you needed it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Shields, here with your other host, Chris Thompson. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Mike. Great to be here again. So uh, I know we're going to get into Raised by Wolves, um, but it just I wanted to just give a hat tip to the sci-fi genre real quick. Um, it's been one of the things that really I've been able to get lost in in a good way during this, this uh, topsy-turvy uh, year that we've been going through. I mean, whether it's um, dark... Devs, um, I loved uh, Lovecraft Country. Um, uh, I did. I went all through Star Trek Discovery. That show's so good. Mandalorian. I'm just uh, Umbrella Academy. I don't know. Just some of my my best escapism has been in sci-fi uh, in 2020. So big hat tip to sci-fi in general. Um, and Raised by Wolves is one of those shows that I got lost in and just forgot everything that's going around. That's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Mother about Father, Campion, Tempest, and all the children of the Ark. We're journeying to Kepler 22B. Um, And we're here to talk about Raised by Wolves, the HBO Max science fiction drama created by Aaron Guzikowski. The first two episodes were directed by Ridley Scott, who also serves as an executive producer for the show. It centers the show on two androids, the aforementioned mother and father, of course, who are tasked with raising human children on another planet after Earth was destroyed by a great war. On that planet, a colony of humans threatens to be torn apart by religious differences while the androids learn that controlling the beliefs of humans is a trying trying task. Um, It's a crazy premise, but uh, one I found wholly compelling and thought-provoking. Chris... Would love to hear your opening thoughts or your thoughts in general about Raised by Wolves. 
Sure, Mike, definitely. Uh, first off, uh, praise soul. Um, <laughs> yes. So, so I, I think this is a really um, a powerful and stimulating sci-fi drama. Um, no doubt. Both to ponder and behold, you know, raised by wolves. It's just it's brimming with imagination. It's filled with otherworldly images. There's some brilliant eccentric performances, and it bravely imagines a not too distant future that's dominated by artificial intelligence, extreme beliefs, and violence. In the end, mm-hmm. people, both human and android, will go to you to protect those beliefs. Uh, it, it really is a turreted force in dramatic storytelling, and it does Real. a good job of keeping the viewer guessing about what to expect next, which I always love <laughs> in a good series. <laughs> To say the least, right there, it was Definitely. it was it was it was wild. Well, the world building is so impressive in this, and I know that's something that really impressed you. Oh, definitely. I mean, if, if you know me in in my enjoyment of television or uh, cinema or anything, um, yeah. even writing, writing. I, I, world building is really one of the big things that I, I I really just I love. I love to just fall into a story, just immerse myself in it, and just sort of let the the creative people just sort of take me on a journey and pull me deeper into their world. Um, and yeah, with, I, with raised by wolves, it's just another example of that. And, um, you know, and, and what I like about this show is that it, the main focus isn't on human characters. It's, it's on these uh, two androids, father and mother. And like you mentioned, they're tasked with raising, um, you know, uh, the future, the, the, the future of humanity on this exoplanet called Kepler 22 B. Um, and it just, I, I just love how we switch it up. So, you know, the focus is on these androids and their struggles to control the beliefs of humans. And, you know, especially as their colony grows and its beliefs begin to segregate and shift, you get to see how these androids sort of try to understand humanity and the steps they make to try to um, sort of make things work and not have it all just fall apart. So it's, it's just for me, it's just a phenomenal premise for a show. And I really got drawn in almost immediately to it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love that you said that. It's a phenomenal premise for a show. It's it's it was. It was so interesting on so many levels. They brought um, so many ideas to the table. And I would just like to say this, um, kind of making this decision to focus on this for this episode, just just by making that choice, we went ahead and bit off more than we can chew right there. It's um, There's no way we're going to be able to hit all the marks and kind of, um, you know, touch on all the topics that, that were brought to the table in each and every episode of the show. It was a lot going on. And also... Um, you know, I, I think I have a lot of it figured out and I'm sure you have a bunch figured out as well, but there's going to be a lot of questions left after this. And, and, and one of the reasons is, is there was a lot of questions left at the end of the season and thank goodness we are getting a second season because, um, you know, things really opened up in a major way at the end and, and there was a lot that was answered, but there was a lot left unanswered. So, uh, I guess what I'm saying is we're going to do the, the best we can here. But um, I, it was absolutely, the world building was incredible. It was, um, it was visually stunning. And um, the acting was great. I mean, I loved uh, Amanda Co- Collins. She was mother. Travis uh, Fimmel. Many people know him from Vikings. He was Marcus. All the, the father. Uh, Abukar uh, Salim. He was, uh, he was so good. But uh, the one part that I was really taken by and it was just such a big piece of this thing that it kind of sets everything off is the what they were saying about religion because truly this whole thing began with a uh, a brutal conflict um that you know between um you know religious zealots and uh and atheists and that destroyed the earth that was that's the basis for this whole thing and it was kind of um 
a war between, you know, people who believed in something and people who didn't. And, um, you know, extremists on probably both sides. And there's a lot of relatability there. I mean, it's, it's not hard to believe that, you know, an extreme religious group can go too far and that, that another group would, would go to the lengths um, they did. I mean, create a weapon of mass destruction, which Mother surely was, um, to kind of wipe them out and, and destroy the world. It's, it's not too far-fetched, which is totally scary. But the, um, uh, the, the religious aspect was, was really captivating to me. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's always good for a show to sort of take some of its themes from, you know, our realities. I, I feel like you can sort of get drawn into it a lot easier because you can sort of understand what's at play in a television show when you sort of are sort of living those things every day in, in, in your own world. And, you know, when you, when you, you know, like we find ourselves right now in very divided times in a lot of different ways, um, politically, socially, economically, um, views on, on our, 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 our place on the, on the planet and how we treat it. There's just so much, it's become a very divided world. And I think this show smartly sort of take those themes and puts their own spin on it and um, sort of creates its own world around it and allows you to sort of imagine a world in which some of these things that, you know, may feel like divisions that have solutions right now are taking the extreme and they've just become so big and amplified. They actually lead to the destruction of the world as we know it. And it comes to a point where actually we have to leave this, leave our planet with, you know, what remains of humanity and try to make a, a new go at it somewhere else. So it's definitely, you know, um, extreme thought taken to extremes. And I, I think that is some of the draw of the show where it allows you to sort of, without having to invest too much of your own reality in it, you can sort of see what maybe as like a thought piece, what would happen if some of these things like mm-hmm. re- religious, you know, beliefs become so amplified that um, it actually starts to take over the entire world and you become this sort of, do you believe in this or that? And that's how you identify every single aspect of who you are, you know, how you dress, how you talk, what you think, mm-hmm. what you eat, you know, your, your place in society, all this stuff. And then those two things could come together and actually go to war with each other. And then, um, which leads to the, the destruction of the earth. I mean, it's just like, it's just a wonderful thought piece and to watch it unfold on television, the series really is just, um, I, I think it's very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's, um, I think, you know, I keep thinking just in this part of the conversation about mother being a weapon of mass destruction and cause she certainly was. And, I think that was my, I guess, besides the fact that space mullets existed in this world, um, the first thing that uh, really, really like, I was like, damn, and I was all in was like, when, you know, at first you see her as a caregiver, but then you realize that, um, you know, she, she, what she was and seeing her as this ne- necromancer and seeing her powers. And um, I heard uh, Aaron uh, Guzikowski, the, the, the showrunner for this, um, Who's he's who I should mention? He's best known for uh, that two, 2013 film, Prisoners, um, which is very good. Anyone who hasn't seen it, check that out. He was talking about technology in the future, and just like imagine if you didn't know if you, like say you weren't around for a while, and then you came into this world, and um, I mean, cell phones, for example, say you 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 know from a hundred years ago, and you time traveled here, that technology would actually look like magic. And so that's what he was kind of thinking about when he made her fly and made a, you know, just kind of, she looks like she's floating around. It looks magical. It doesn't look like technology. And I just thought that was a really, really cool point. But I think that idea of her 
being a weapon of mass destruction was kind of a theme that that you know you were forced to ponder a whole bunch i mean she was trying to raise her kids as pacifists often and they were just like no the you i mean you 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 the reason people listen to you is because you you know the threat of violence exists in you and they 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 saw the power in that and so you know that that was part of the thought piece thinking about how you know people or countries use violence to intimidate and just it's it's you know that's that's one of those um pieces of the puzzle you know besides atheists versus um you know uh, people who are who are faithful and believe it just there's they just you know so much to juggle here and in, in, in a fun way too it was you know all, all you know saying a lot's going on i don't mean that as um as a negative it's it was it was you know picking apart you know my second rewatch and i did a second rewatch um suit basically right afterwards because i'm like i need to unpack this more was 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 just so much fun because it was like wow I, I didn't even realize that piece was going on and um you know and i know we're going to work our way towards the ending um pretty early in this discussion because it kind of i guess it really reshapes everything that came before everything that i was thinking um but we, before we do um we need to talk a little bit about just the fact that this is uh this is uh, you know really scott's stamp was all over this i mean you know, this was the first time he was directing for television in in fifty years. He got to start in TV as a director, doing live t- TV for BBC. But he went ahead and directed the first two episodes. Um, and uh, you know, he hasn't done television, like I said. But he he got a ho- hold of uh, Aaron's um, script, and he went to work immediately, just drawing up. Um, you know, sets and drawing costumes. I mean, he was taken right away, and he's like, "I, he's like, you got to let me direct the beginning of this. You, you know, I need to be involved." And his stamp was all over it in a major way, and and that was a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. I, I guess you know, um, going back to what you said before, I think we could do an entire episode on just Mother herself, Mike. I mean, just like just oh yeah, how deep her character is. But I think we'll save that for another day. Um, but just in and terms father. of really. Yeah. Oh, father. Definitely. That's I mean, my guy. They, I'm, they, I have some things I need to say about him in a bit. Yeah. Um, Abu Bakar yeah. Salim does a great job as father. Yep. Um, and his, his role as protect, protector and provider for the human children on Kepler 22 mm-hmm. is just fantastic. But um, yep. it, it's it's great to have Ridley Scott is on board with this because I, I, I just if I think if I didn't know that he were involved in it and I had watched the first two, three episodes, I would have been like, Ridley Scott has to be a part of this somehow because you just yeah, sort of totally. as soon as I saw the um the um, white body fluids coming out of the androids. Yep. I was like, that's an, that, 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 that's, that's a classic um, Ridley Scott thing right there. It's the blood fuel. They call it blood fuel. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, just like the, the, um, um, the set, you know, the set location. I, I know, I know this, this show was filmed in Cape town, South Africa. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the locations are beautiful, just like in all his other um, projects. Um, really like the locations themselves actually have their own power. Um, just like yep. the, the, um, the apparel that the characters wear, uh, the design, the fashion design, um, just the, the ships, everything. It's just, it's just, it just rings through and through. There's a lot of Ridley Scott running through there. And it's just refreshing to watch something so unique and new coming out now. Um, and it really feels like this has potential to be like a sky fi magnum opus in the vein of something mm-hmm. like Dune or like his um, um, Blade Runner oh, like films. Um, and it's, it's just another memorable chapter to Ridley Scott's, you know, already – um, expansive dystopian narratives, and I'm I'm really yeah. excited to him be involved in another project like this. 
And, you know, um, I, I hope he directs a few more episodes because I, I think the first two oh, really were gotta. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. He set the tone. And, you know, he actually was a little concerned about um, repeating himself a little bit when he got into it. But I think he just put that aside. You know, uh, it's because, I mean, it's got, like you said, the, the white blood, uh, you know, right away. But um, it's got a lot of his vibes, too. You know, the humans versus, uh, and, you know, humans trying to survive in a hostile alien world um, right. the fact that androids have dreams and all that it's it's really but i i just i thought that it was still so novel in so many ways it, it, it wasn't a rehashment i understand his concerns there um but that was definitely not not something that 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 took away from it i, I think it only only added to it um as i was saying it, it definitely you know i think i thought as I was going through the season, I knew we'd, we would probably want to talk about this, that um, I'd, I'd, we would end up talking about, like, prophecies, and I'd, I thought they would get into chosen ones, and, and you know, uh, you know, there's still a lot to speak of there, and kind of what the, you know, the, the religious sect kind of uh, believed in, but I think that was really, the whole, everything, the whole narrative really was changed by by what happened at the end there, because it it didn't become so much about um, you know atheists versus versus you know religious people or anything, and and it 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 just opened up into something so much more. And um, I guess we can just go right there. I mean, the idea that uh, you know the 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 wild moment um in one of the most surprising endings i've seen where mo- mother finally gave birth through her mouth <laughs> to a giant serpent monster actually when i just say it like that it sounds so so, so crazy a giant serpent monster who's capable of um flight um and i believe that that the serpent got that because it was taking one of some of Mont's, uh, mother's traits but that like redefined you know cuz no matter what the motives were of the religious group or the motives are of, um, you know, uh, Campion Sturgis, you know, uh, trying to create a new community that, that of humans that, you know, just cared about science and technology and reason, whatever that was, uh, something didn't care, something that existed on that planet that found a way through mother to, to find life, life found a way nature pushed its way through and and so what 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 we're seeing is uh, you know it was really fun to watch the set the whole time the, the not the, uh, well look I'll call it the planet instead of the set to create you know keep the keep the illusion alive but um you know all those skeletal bones and you know it, it, that was kind of uh, it was in our face the whole time what that there was something that was there before and living and that's something. Uh, kind of felt, returned in a really, really wild, wild way to end the show, and it did. It redefined everything that came before it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's part of the thing that I said about how this this show keeps you guessing. I mean, you mm-hmm. you, you saw those um, bones of those giant serpents, and um, you know, you saw those those huge pits that seemed to just be bottomless pits, you know, dotting the landscape, and and you just had to think that there's something going on here that we just haven't been shown yet and it's, it was just uh, for me it was just always this sort of like this a- anxiety kind of like creeping sort of feeling i had that something's gonna 
come up soon that we're going to have to address this. And it's going to be probably be some catastrophic or some really terrible things going to come out of it, you know? And, and we got a good showing of sort of what that might be as the series, I mean, the season came to a conclusion and, um, you know, mother and father were um, trying to protect the, protect the children by piloting the, their uh, lander craft into the center of the planet or just wherever one of those um, pits would go. And you sort of see that um, it, the mother understood that the potential for, you know, just the destruction of humanity was so bad that she was willing to sacrifice her and father because um, I remember mother said, I think, I will never be anything but a creator of death. And she recognized how yes. terrible Big that, point. Th- that she had been, in, she had been infected by something that was on the planet. And, you know, um, you know, the, um, the, when she, in, in uh, episode eight, um, Mass, I think it's called, when she was mm-hmm. in the sick bay with the A class life technician, uh, Android uh, Carl, um, he was talking about how you probably have some kind of like new silicon tumor and stuff like that. And then mother started thinking, oh, it's, you know, the creator gave me this tumor. I'm to have child. But in fact, that all got turned on his head. And actually, it's the planet itself that infected her with this, like you said, like this. Um, lamprey eel sort of floating serpent thing that she gave birth out of her mouth um out of some sort of like alien's nightmare here you know but i mean like it just shows like you know the show keeps you guessing keeps you on your feet and and, like i said there's there's so much going on i think this all started the last three episodes sort of this big shift you know um you know and and episode eight marcus starts getting like this devotion to soul starts to push away everybody mother thinks she's malfunctioning um and she finds out that she's pregnant we find out that's an infection you know the mithraic mm-hmm. children are starting to make their own choices and then it just started snowballing from there and then like in episode nine and umbilical um you know like um you know um marcus becoming getting more extreme thinking that he's the king you know and their god and stuff like that and then you know um sue starts to protect the children um and then like tempest is like confronting her demons and like you know and then you know um and then sort of and 10, it all sort of just like comes together and the episode's called The Beginning, which is a you know, very interesting title for an episode when, the, when you're ending down the season. But it really is a beginning because sort of Absolutely. everything seems to be lost and then all these new things happen. You know, um, mother and father realize that they're actually not dead. Um, you know, the, the atheist arc ship shows up above Kepler. Um, all this crazy stuff starts happening and everything is stripped bare and revealed. There's no, really no more lies anymore. You know, Paul knows that his parents aren't his parents, you know, like everybody's truth starts to come out and it's sort of all out on the table right now. And it's just like, um, it just seems like, I think I made a note when I was watching it for the first time, I was like, I think I wrote last five minutes, what the fuck, so much is going on or something like that. I wrote like, I just like, I had to like relax. We watched that last five minutes of the final episode so many times, just like, you know, like, you know, um, kids are all alone. You know, Marcus is going insane. Alien is growing. You know, mother and father are killing themselves. The atheists have their own arc. I was just like, what just happened? You know, so this is like, it's, it's a great setup for us. It was, the, for, it was a beginning. Yeah, great. It's set up levels, the second yeah. season. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think there's just so much that isn't known yet that I'm so excited to learn about. And, and I think I, I, I shouldn't spend so much time thinking about some of this stuff because I, I don't think the answer, we haven't been shown enough yet to really come to a mm-hmm. understanding of what's going on. And I sort of like that, it, it, that sort of style of storytelling. You've shown me a few of the cards and you, you've done it very creatively and in very um, new and exciting and fresh ways. And now you sort of hooked me to want to know more about it. So I think the, yeah. the kudos for the showrunners for that. 
It really, it really does feel um, after that final episode that that it was all a setup and 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 for something so much bigger. Um, you made me think of something when you were talking. I think it was episode eight you were alluding to, and kind of Marcus's change to kind of touch a little bit back to the religious thing. It was it was really interesting to see kind of how you can I guess change teams because um, right Marcus was at one point he was um, you know obviously a hardcore atheist and. He came around, and we saw what happened to him. Um, you know, it, it becoming part of the Mithraic and just being really devout and intense with that. I mean, Campion Sturgis—he started out as part of the uh, Mithraic, and he turned around to becoming—you um, know—he he was known as you know a, a, an atheist hacker, and he was the one who. Um, launched this giant plan to reset humankind as as a civilization ruled by science and reason. And I just thought that was a really interesting point. I really can't go any further without talking about my love of father. Um, he uh, he was just, I mean, in this, you know, you think so much about what is human when you're always dealing with, especially in Ridley Scott pieces and, and um, with androids that are so human-like uh, and then just, you know, kind of, kind of match them up against the the actual humans that are there and i'd argue that at the end of the day father was uh showed more signs of of humanity than almost anyone that was in this show i mean even down to his jealousy towards the end but i mean his his compassion um and everything but it's in his uh his father jokes were one of my favorite parts of the <laughs> entire entire thing they're really they're they adorable but um, and th- that actually came home to roost, and what maybe my favorite moment it shows how much I like father, when um you found you realized it was him, um, because he was reprogrammed. Um, you find out he was still in there that that he did exist in there because he told a father joke, and I just thought that hit hit so so hard. Uh, big ups to father. Um, can't wait to see what he he better be a big part of moving forward in the second season. Um. Just to kind of because it is such a crazy ending, um, you know, and it's it's you can't really gloss over the giant serpent monster. But um, you know, there's a great uh, New York Times interview I came across with Aaron, the showrunner, Krzykowski. He uh, and he was explaining it. He was explaining kind of how Mother, um, you know, created a new life with one of those serpents. It regenerated through her, um, and and. She was like, uh, this is his quote, mother's like a 3D printer. While she was uh, communing with her creator in a virtual space, basically having sex in a simulation, something else got inside and downloaded her drive with information on how to build a new being. So that being, that, that, that life I was talking about on that planet, found a way to get in there and actually build itself through her technology. And then it actually, it advanced um, you know, as we saw it, we saw its capability of flight, and that's probably something that it got from mother's technologies. And just it's, I just, it's really a bold, bold move and, and decision to 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 have that be kind of the culmination of this whole thing. But it, but it's also so so incredibly uh, fascinating, and you can't even go further when you're discussing that because. This the, the the symbolism of, of of the serpent and mother and father, it's so in your face. The Adam and Eve and the serpent tale. Definitely, um, it's I mean, and 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 it just there's there's a lot of components built around that that are really fascinating. And and um, one of those that I really like is that the the pod that that she goes into is is without a doubt the forbidden fruit. 
Um, and she was warned so many times that simulations are not for androids. Um, and her curiosity of going into the pod um, time and again had its repercussions in The Serpent, which is just, it all really is wrapped up in the Adam and Eve tale. And it's just, you know, another layer right there that, uh, that we were given with the show. Oh, definitely. I mean, her going to the pod is like the original sin, you know, when um, yeah. Eve took the apple and gave it to Adam. I mean, like that, she was one not to do it. And because of it, she gave birth to, um, you know, this this evil, you know. I mean, it's clear there are darker and deeper forces at play on this planet, things that are beyond the understanding of the androids. And, you know, I mean, even there's this great, great quote by Father towards the end of episode 10, the end of the series and he says this planet has a history mother you know so it, it's yes. it's clear there's things going on and when you start to consider the ramifications of that like you know th- there's they have these hints that um there's some you know devolved humans on this planet already who predate the arrival of father and mother and um oh, yeah. you know the subsequent yeah, we, humans that come brought there. that up yeah, it just mm-hmm. makes you think, how, how did they get there? And, and then, you know, Paul finds the um, ancient cave paintings that seem to have their own life and stuff like that and the sort of the imagery there. And then, you know, mm-hmm. you know, j- just, you know, so th- th- there's something going on here that hasn't been revealed to us yet. And I think that will be explained as the show goes on, you know. But I, I just want to go back to one other point you made. It's just, you know, uh, just sort of the duality of a lot of these characters and sort of the idea that, they're one person at the, at one point and different persons at another point um, is really a, a common thread running through this show and, and through this series. And I, I think it really starts to pick up that starts to begin in episode two, uh, Pentagram, you know, um, where um, 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 who is it? Um, Marcus uh, and uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Marcus and Sue who become Caleb and Mary sort of change their identity. I, I think mm-hmm. that, that, um, so episode, cool. you know, it, it really sort of speaks to, you know, the idea of, you know, and inviting us viewers to sort of understand, to explore if we have an ability to forge a new identity and whether or not we are the products of what came before us or, you know, if we are able to make our own the choice, our own choices. And I, I think as, as the series goes on, you really begin to explore that in more and more ways. Mother has two versions of herself. It, it, father has two versions of herself. He has sort of like his basic service android version but he has his underlying version that was there who's protector and provider and that really never went away you knew that because you saw his finger tapping out the morse code which was actually the password to unlock the version of him that was always there i mean you know Mm -hmm. time and time again you see these characters um even with um um campion sturgis who you know was the uh you know former mithraic scientist who became an atheist and changed um changes faith and then created mother. I mean, all these characters have these different versions of themselves, depending on when you encounter them. And I think that's just a really fantastic, um, you know, thing to explore in, in a series and in something that's creative, you know, it's just really great to, um, I think it really draws the viewer in and starts to make them question sort of nature of their own reality and sort of what it means to identify yourself as an individual. Um, so it's just, you know, I just, you know, more, just you know, just I just really think they did a really good job yeah. of this story. It's um, just it just kind of goes to um, you know human beings are complex. It's exactly. Just, you know, everyone, everyone really wants to put someone in a box and right. understand them or put a label on them, and just you know we we can change and we can change drastically. And there's actually there's 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 a lot to a person, and you think you you know got them figured out or who they are or what they can be, and you don't always know. And you're right. The duality of almost all the characters in this—it's, 
it, it, it shows that, that you know, there, there's a complexity to the humans and androids alike. Um, so that's just, you know, what, what um, they set us up. We, we keep talking about this, this setup, but season two, it was renewed. And, and I just, I, as much as I, I got some ideas, but I can't really imagine um, what will play out. Uh, you know, there's obviously the second arrival um, of uh, another Mithraic craft uh, we saw coming in. There's going to be new arrivals from Earth. And I saw Aaron um, mention, we're on first names, uh, first name basis, me and Aaron, um, a change in power dynamics. That's that's happening. So there's there's, there's obviously new characters coming in and more power struggle. Um there's a there's a change changes in scenery. There's a, at the end, mother and father made it to what was the tropical zone on the other side, and the children are still in the colder other sphere. That is another thing Aaron said. Um, he said, uh, like Earth, this planet holds a variety of different climates, flora and fauna. So we're going to a very different region for season two. So so there's going to be different landscapes. Um, do you have any thoughts about? Uh, what you you think might happen or, or would even like to see happen in season two you know it, it's uh, uh, i appreciate the opportunity to speak on some of this you know i, I think that because <laughs> uh, it, it's it's that's it, what you're here for pal. I, I i i have i have lots of thoughts on this um and uh i i think the fact that mother and father have now find themselves in a tropical zone that presents a lot of opportunity for more exploration of this world which is kepler 22b um, this planet was something that I really want to see more of. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then just this mm. this creature sort of just being set loose on this planet where clearly um, it, maybe a former version of itself once existed and now um, it's extinct. So um, how the ecosystem is um, upset maybe by, by the arrival of, of this new creature that um, mother gave birth to. I'm really curious to see how that is explored. And then really just learning oh, yeah. more about the human presence that's already on the planet you know, and the, and sort of these de-evolved humans, because what it seems like is there's at least two, if not three, different species. I mean, you had the the skull that was in that humanoid's bag that you know um, father said was Neanderthal-like, but not of Earth. And then you had the the human the humanoid that was actually uh, that was alive and you know tried to push mother into the pit or kill her. So you have that mm-hmm. version, that human version. Then you have the really de-evolved sort of like scavenger creature that uh, the children have been eating. So you have like yeah, maybe two was, to was, three. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, the children were definitely sub, sub, sub um, like surviving on um, devolved human meat. Exactly, which so, really makes uh, which which makes Campion look really good uh, about going vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> going vegan with the mushrooms. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah. so you have that storyline still to explore, and like you know, yep. with, with Paul finding the um, ancient cave paintings, I, I always love sort of um, you know sort of that whole line. I mean. Um, um, Ridley Scott did some work with that in um, Prometheus, where it sort of you had all those cave mm-hmm. paintings pointing to this planet, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, like um, I, I sort of like the idea of sort of like, you know, like ancient cave paintings and stuff, sort of telling a story about the past, but it has a relevance in the in the future. Not our future, me and you right here, but a future that sort of takes place in this storyline. So, you know, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of stuff I'm really excited for. And then just like Sue being alone with the children now, and then the arrival mm-hmm. of the atheists on their arc and sort of the Mithraics. And the people who support soul being in less of a power than they had before and sort of like now all these um, um, atheists arriving with their beliefs. Yet um, um, Caleb's character is saying that, you know, 
I'm your king and stuff like that. So I think it sets up a really interesting power struggle and just some new dynamics to be forged. I mean, you know, in reality, we have this show where it's just like two factions go to war. There's some fallout from their battle, and then they spend the rest of the time getting ready to have another war. Yeah, I mean, th- that, that's <laughs> an underlying theme there. It, it's, a, it's a classic trope. You, you see that all the time in television and, and films like that. But I, I think there's a lot more that you can play with here. There's a lot more going on. There's the religion aspect, the sort of alien race, you know, alien technology aspect. Mm-hmm. There's um, just like the personal conflicts, the nature of of reality like like who are these voices in my head where are they coming from and then just the nature of self there's a lot of um you know things to explore here and i think that um setting them against the backdrop of sort of like this battle between these two forces it just sort of it sets up a really potential to have a great second season yeah i feel it's definitely on you know it's it's just it's you know there's a lot of sorting out to be done you oh, know, with all the cra- creative world building that we talked about earlier. And, and, and one of the things, I just feel uh, like it. Yeah. I, I just, um, I mean, Paul, sw- uh, no, Caleb, Caleb's character, you know, he swallowed a necromancer's eyeball and it seems to be really <laughs> messing him up. So I just want to see what happens with that because yeah. he's got all these veins bulging out in his head and stuff like that. He's got this pink foam coming mm-hmm. out of his mouth. And so, I mean, you know, it, there seems to be some blurring of the lines between, um, androids and human in terms of the technology and like they're able to coexist you know which is sort of mm-hmm. you know a classic sci-fi theme so i mean i just really want to find out what happens when you swallow when a human swallows a necromancer's eyeball you know i mean like because caleb doesn't seem to be doing too good so far with it nope what um my biggest thought is that um campion is going to be a, a, a big force going yeah. on he uh there's something special about him he's good you know he's, he's ob- pure you know He's obviously, uh, he's, you know, he's the namesake of the creator. He's, uh, he survived eating radioactive crops. And like, so there's right. something there, um, you know, and, and then the uh, penultimate scene, he, uh, you know, he, it was, it was showed that the, the, the crew left will be looking to him a little bit more. I really, right. and there was all a bunch of other signs too. I think, I think he really, um, there's a lot to be uh, told about what he's going to be become. And I, I think it's going to be. Uh, a big part of season two, which uh, I have no doubt me and you will dig into when the time comes. Will you uh, join me for a season two uh, recap once Raised by Wolves comes back? Definitely, man. I'll uh, set up my uh, um, chair on Kepler 22B and I'll see you (laughs) sitting next to me. Awesome. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait for season two. I I don't know when it's due. I couldn't, I was looking that up today. I have no idea, but I'm here for it. Uh, Chris, thank you again for taking the time. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Mike. And uh, thank you, everyone out there, for uh, joining the party once again. Too close to